2: Hello, everybody. I'm Jim Shannon, and I'm Mike Hyatt. And this is the Bourbon Road, and today, Mike, we are on Streamyard. We got some new friends on with us today.
1: Yeah, a newer distillery, um, a, a baby. We got a baby in our hands right now. So, but that's uh, who right. do we got, They're, Jim.
2: Well, we got we got Patrick and Megan Miller. They're uh, with Talnua Distillery, uh, just outside of Denver, Colorado, and uh, they really caught our eye because of some of the technology they have actually i don't know if you want to call it technology going back to the basics i think is more like it and uh we were so blown over by some of the other stories and some of the interesting things that are being done in colorado out there namely like todd at leopold brothers that when we heard about Talnua and what they had going on with this single pot still whiskey we just had to get them on the show
3: patrick yeah. megan welcome to the bourbon road Yes. Thank you. Thanks we are, for having us. Yeah. Super excited to be here. Thank you guys.
1: Well, what's what's Talmud mean? What is that? It's a Gaelic word, right?
3: It is. It's derived from the Irish words uh for new land or new world. So uh as the, the first distillery dedicated to single pot still whiskey outside of Ireland, uh, and being in the new world, uh and and kind of the terroir that we like to bring to this, we we'll chat about here. Um is really giving the distillery a sense of place um but also the heritage name um through that kind of gaelic words not unlike uh talisker uh scotch whiskey you get uh land uh by the cliffs is uh that tal prefix um is is for for land or or world so yeah we're really happy to be uh america's first single pot still distillery and and uh really excited to tell you about it today
2: well, we're going to have to break down that terminology just so that it makes it clear for our listeners what we're talking about, because pot still whiskey is something that they're familiar with. Most mm-hmm. of our listeners have an idea of what a pot still is, what a column still is, what a hybrid still is. Mm-hmm. They even know what a three chamber still is now. <laughs> but when they hear the word single pot mm-hmm. still, there's a story behind that. And there's a reason why it's special. And there's a reason why you're the first to do it.
3: Can yeah. you kind of go into that a little bit for us? Let's do it. Let's break it down. So the the very first thing, uh, we'll get single out of the way, right? Single uh, means made at one distillery, just like uh, single malt, uh, single grain, just all coming from a single distillery all distilled here uh, uh, from grain to glass and so that's been really important to us to have that in uh, as that single nomenclature and then you're right the the next thing uh, to move into immediately is pot still uh, and pot still we know especially you know uh, our friends at balcones and say will it, that put pot still on their bottles uh, are really referencing that piece of equipment right that your listeners are, are familiar with that beautiful onion-shaped still uh, that that uh, allows uh, a lot of flavor to be generated it's it's very old it's rudimentary Uh, as far as technology goes you kind of hit on that a little bit is it's it's kind of a glimpse back in time from the ancient alembic pot stills that uh, uh, were originally created for for distillation Uh, and so uh, really what we're talking about and what the Irish talk about when they say pot still, it's the use of malted barley and unmalted barley. Uh, and that unmalted barley was really solidified by the uh, 1785 malt tax that the English imposed on the Irish and the Irish were not. Going to pay that tax. So they started throwing large portions of raw barley into their mash bill to kind of offset those malted grain taxes um, because the English knew that if you were malting barley, you were going to be either making beer or making whiskey with that. Uh, And it was kind of a tax on the Irish way of life, uh, to be honest. And so, uh, kind of born of that tax evasion, uh, this unmalted barley gave a really rich complexity. Uh, to what would have been other types of single malt or, or a malt-based whiskeys, as we knew today, uh, a real spiciness to it, a real kind of earthiness that the unmalted barley gives. And, and people ask the the immediately uh, following question that we usually get is, if it's all barley, how how is it different than really it being a single malt? Well, it's kind of like I describe it as uh, picking an apple off a tree and cooking an apple in a pie and how different the flavors and textures are um, between that raw apple and and a cooked apple um it's not dissimilar to raw barley and then the kilning uh and and germination process the sugar conversion process that happens with malt and so uh it adds a layer of complexity really a spiciness that i'm excited to see if you guys are pulling out of this uh whiskey we're going to try here uh it's part of the hallmark of that and then thirdly to kind of jump to uh the the end of your question is why Are we the first ones to do it? The the easiest answer uh, and the truest, uh, which is rarely the case, um, is that barley just does not grow or did not grow east of the Mississippi. Right now, you can grow limes in Colorado with modern uh, farming technology. But in the early 1800s, when our Irish-American brothers and sisters arrived in droves into the united states um they were they landed in rye country in new england you know pennsylvania empire rye maryland rye uh, uh that monongahela from pennsylvania that that you hear about famously and then corn country all the way through uh, up to the mississippi river valley uh and then and then west of that is where you start to get your grassland grains uh that come in specifically barley and Colorado's kind of Famous for the Coors family bringing barley over into the Rockies that grew at the foothills of um, Moravia, um, so the barley strain that grows here is actually called Moravian barley, um, and that Moravian barley that grows right at the foothills of the Alps grows right here at the foothills of the Rockies. So um, you know we're kind of reviving this, uh, and and in a minute we'll go into kind of how how we got into to this as far as the the uh, origin of Tolnua and and why we want to do this style of whiskey and only make this style, this one style here.
2: Yeah, I would say there's just a little bit of barley being malted in Colorado. I mean, <laughs> we had David Kors on the show. It's been a month or two back. But, yeah, uh, with
3: Five Trail, wonderful guy. Yeah, it
2: talked yeah. talked a lot about their malting capabilities and, mm-hmm. and what they have. So that, that's that's really amazing. So specifically, you're required to have a blend of the two in there, at least some percentage of malted barley and some percentage of unmalted barley. And then you can have a trace of other grains if you want, right? Is that correct?
0: Right. So we follow, um, there is no category for single pot still whiskey, American single pot still whiskey yet. Um, We hope that we can follow in the footsteps of the single malt category. Uh, So we want to create this new category, but basically, so we follow the um, Irish technical files so that we can maintain, excuse me, that quality And that standard of, you know, what is expected of a single pot still whiskey. Um, And so the Irish whiskey technical file says uh, it has to be a minimum of 30% unmalted barley, at least a minimum of 30% malted barley, and then up to 5% of other oats or grains. Um, And then uh, grain off distillation and fermentation and distilled in an unobstructed copper pot still. So those are the main rules that we follow um, obviously we can't age in Ireland, so we're not Irish and we are not shipping over Irish water to proof down our spirit. We use Eldorado Springs water. So all Colorado grain, um, thanks to our friends at Root Shoot and proximity right up the road.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a, it's a big for us, uh, uh kind of plays into that terroir and what Megan is saying is, uh, we've, we've got, two layers that really define tall one of them is that we self-govern by these Irish regulations, the way that this has to be made the way that the mash bill, right. I mean, y'all are the bourbon road. You you're very familiar with rules and regulations around uh, mash bills, right. Uh, that, that go in and make styles of whiskey. Um, and, and the uh, aging requirement uh, is, is just a wood barrel. Uh, not an oak barrel uh, of any kind. So uh, we are really focusing on the regulatory side of of being America's single pot, still, so, but really paying homage to the style and following their rules and regulations, but putting our American touch and twist on it. And part of that is this terroir, like Megan said, our, our friends at root shoot and um, uh, proximity, none of our barley comes from more than three, four hours from the distillery. Um, so, so it's all very local, uh, all that El Dorado Springs water, bringing that terroir, that beautiful French word for a sense of place in the, taste of something, uh, bringing that to this style of, of whiskey that, uh, really has deep ancient roots in Ireland.
1: Well, I know Jim, I bet our listeners like these, these jokers are going to drink some whiskey on the show.
3: <laughs> I know. Sip that. At all. So, yeah. well, let's, yeah. let's
1: sip on some of this.
3: Let's do it. Let's
1: do it. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.
0: Cheers. So y'all are drinking the virgin white oak cask from us right now. Um, and this is the first of our three-year-old whiskeys, which actually some some batches will end up being four years old, um, but three-year-old minimum age. And what we've done is we've taken our new make, uh, which is 50% malted barley, 50% unmalted barley, and we have aged it for that minimum of three years in a virgin oak barrel. So you're getting that new oak. So it's kind of like this old world style meets the tradition of American aging of whiskey
3: so if people really like if you want to catch phrase this one it's kind of distilled like an irish whiskey would be but then aged like an american bourbon would be in char two virgin american white oak casks um we use char two, uh, a little bit lighter on the char than you're typically getting with char three uh uh, for for kind of the common bourbon char if, if you would if you say there's such a thing um finding out that with barley um even though it is a very robust grain in its own right, um, it has some nuances and delicacies that heavier chars uh, we found were really starting to shout over the top of the grain and kind of, Um, confuse the profile is a too oaky of a whiskey and we really wanted to balance that old world tradition of really more grain forward whiskeys um, usually aged in x casks of some kind normally bourbon or sherry or uh, what have you uh, uh, and and having a style that is uniquely american because there is no single pot still out there that's aged in virgin american white oak that's just a very american thing and not something the irish really really do so um kind of a cool marriage of heritage um in your glass uh, for this one
2: yeah i'm getting a really um a very like brown sugary uh, spice cabinet nose on it not Mm -hmm. not overly spicy not any kind of a cinnamon or anything like that but definitely like a a nutmeg
3: yeah uh, yeah i'm getting a little
1: bit of spices yeah saltwater toffee on this for some reason. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: toffee a little bit of uh, that mapley you're right on it maple toffee those those are uh all notes that we really love dancing through that uh that char level of the barrel um and we get a lot of kind of gingerbread-esque nature just from the distillate as well
1: Here's another thing I'm getting on this, Jim. I'm sorry.
2: Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, he mentioned ginger. There is an underlying ginger note there that I think I'm
1: getting a very uh, strong, um, like a vanilla Laffy Taffy, um, Mm. if that makes sense on this. Um, Like that rich vanilla bean is inside this glass. I just love it. And then, um, Jim, I've already sipped on. I couldn't take it. I was just looking at it. (laughs) I was like, man, this is too too much for me. But the taste on this, that spice on the back end, is not an overpowering spice. It won't just blow your palate out of the water. Uh, the spice is just tingling there, like dancing on your tongue.
2: Yeah, the oak is present though, and I, and I like the amount of. Um I don't know if I'm going to call it smokiness, just the char influence. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I like the amount of char influence that you get on it. I have to say that there's a pretty good match between the nose and the palate. Uh, I am getting a little bit of a light fruity note to it. Not a lot, just a little bit, but it it's def- definitely plays second fiddle to the sugar, maple, um, allspice things mm-hmm. that are going on.
1: Uh, It's got a little bit of seared pear. Um, I like to take a pear and shave it down and sear it in a pan. and put some cream on it with some honey. And then I always like to pour some rum over that.
3: Well, I'll tell you, you guys are you're hitting on it and I'll get I'll get a little nerdy with you about um, that triple distillation that we have on the label there that you see. And and one of the things that the Irish do uh, on a lot of their whiskeys, especially their pot still whiskeys, is that triple distillation, because that unmalted barley, when only double distilled, can be a very dense, very oily texture to the whiskey. Um, but when triple distilled. The, the spiciness still remains. You get almost like a white pepper, a lingering note on the tongue that kind of builds uh, sip after sip. And that unmalted barley is really responsible for that. So uh, giving that third distillation kind of lightens that oily texture, makes it so nice velvety mouth coating, um, but really rounds off the sharp edges and kind of reveals some of that fruit that comes from our yeast um, our yeast, we only use liquid culture. So v- differently uh, for for the folks out there listening, uh, a lot of whiskey, almost all whiskey, is done in some form of open top fermentation that is is relatively open to the elements and is maybe lightly cleaned in between fermentations but but generally uh a lot of them especially old world whiskeys are made in wooden vessels wooden vats we were speaking um, at the very beginning about uh todd leopold uh a superhero of a distiller and innovator um great mentor and um He does a lot of open top fermentations and he's got windows like right outside the uh, outside the fermentation that allow natural flora and fauna to come in. Uh, Our approach is a little bit different. Uh, It's a lot of bit different. It's actually quite the opposite where we... Uh, boil our wort. Megan mentioned that one of the rules of single pot still is that there's no grain on distilling. So like malt whiskeys in Scotland, um, you cannot have grains present past the mash. Um, And so that, that wort, we will then boil and then like a brewer would put into a clean, sterilized, stainless steel, closed fermentation vessel where that liquid yeast culture is the only organism if we've done it right and really gotten our cleaning Uh, done. That's the only organism that is acting on that, right? It's a very curated uh, flavor profile that provides us a really broad bouquet of esters that, that, that make it all the way through the uh, aging processes, right? And a nice bit of that fruitiness uh, it it allows us to make consistent mashes going into, to the stills and consistent fermentations. um, And then allows us to, to directly change Uh, outside of the natural elements uh things that we want to do by higher temperatures different yeast strains uh, but we act very very much like a brewery would um which is fairly different a lot of distilleries dry pitch um yeast strains into open top vessels um just a very different uh uh, theology, if you will, for fermentation uh, that gives uh, different flavor profiles. Ours happens to be a really great ester profile that we're able to curate through our uh, liquid yeast culture.
2: Now, I'm noticing that you mentioned that the, by the third distillation, a lot of those heavier oils tend to come out. Mm-hmm. But I'm noticing that there is a bit there is a bit of creaminess to this. There is some texture. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you call it chewy or not, but it's uh, it's nice. It has a very good uh, viscosity to it. Um, what's it like coming out of, out of the second pot? Still, I'm sure you've tasted plenty of it. Is it too bad? Is it too much?
3: So that we we will do one for people because I think what it is is it's not for the novice whiskey drinker. Okay. There is going to be a lot more of that earthen. Uh, uh, tone to it, a lot more of the viscosity that you're getting. Um, it makes it a much more seasonal, like not something you it's 92 degrees outside. It would be fairly miserable, uh, drinking a double distilled pot still with that, that kind of dense, oily body to it. Um, so it, it however has a really great rich tone and texture to it it is very mouth coating it's very chewy i would i would venture right up to saying that it's a very chewy um, distillate coming off of there. Um, but we will do that because I think there is a place, especially as the American palate has become more refined and interested in, um, whiskey styles. There's a lot there to offer for somebody who's looking, you know, that's going to taste a lot more (laughs) like that three chamber rye. Right. Where there's a lot more of that texture, a lot more of that
2: earthiness exactly. and we had a lot of texture in that. Yeah. So yep. that's one of the things that make it unique and make it, um, but it's not for everybody. And we said that in our mm-hmm. podcast, you know, this isn't for everybody, Yeah, but, but those who like it, Love it's it. at the top of their list. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: Were you guys really watching a soccer game and came up with this idea? Is that the truth?
0: Well, we were watching rugby. <laughs> but yeah. Rugby, rugby. Yeah.
3: <laughs> On our honeymoon. That's how cool she is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was. It was 2011. It was actually 9/11 2011. So it was the uh, 10th anniversary of of. 9-11 and we were in a pub in Galway and um, the United States was uh, unfortunately not victorious that day, but we were in the pub early. We we're the only Americans there, uh, a hand, handful of uh, good Irish folk and in walk uh, the first cases of red breast, 12 year old cast strength to come back to the market um, since the 50s and and so it was uh, a huge moment for the bartender was super excited pulled those out of the cases immediately uh, and gave us our our very first pour and Megan's always loved castering. she's she'm I'm, I'm that like uh, 86 to 96 kind of range is usually where my uh, profile tends to lean to. Um, I think this, uh, Irish cast strength was one 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 eighteen, something something right there, and uh, um, it. I mean, for any of the listeners who have had red breast, it's pretty special as a style, right? And and the fact that that hasn't wasn't maintained um, because of this history, we can kind of chat about too. That it's it's something new to the market, but from very old roots, right? I mean this is this is whiskey and a whiskey brand that's been around for hundreds of years that we're just getting all of a sudden uh, in in 2011 for the first time. And so that bartender was kind of telling us the story of pot Still, what happened to it, what it is, how how quintessentially Irish it is as a as a style of whiskey. And to be quite honest, we fell in love with it. And then going back every year, we got new expressions of the spots like green spot, yellow spot, blue and red now, right? Gold, even Uh, the powers lines, John's lane and three swallows specifically Um, uh, Middleton, Barry Crockett legacy. Um, All of these started to come out. And we were just coming home with suitcases full of this every year uh, as new brands came out. It was something to really be excited about. And, And the Irish were, I think, finally excited again about their own, whiskey history and their place, uh, of, of prominence, uh, and, and kind of origin of, of whiskey making. Uh, and so it's been, it's been fun to watch and to be quite honest that that's love of this style of whiskey and our inability to get it were, were the, were the sparks that happened, um, to create tall
0: and and being in barley country as well.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I love that you're the one that, Megan, that uh, loves cast strength. Um, <laughs> I always think that women in whiskey, um, they love the cast strength more. And I think it's because women's palates uh, can take that complexity of a cast strength. And men, uh very... They're kind of blinders on when it comes to whiskey sometimes, sure. and they can't understand all the complexities going on, and, and the women's palates are just so much better than men's. So, I can totally get that. I love that to hear that from you, too. Uh, most people wouldn't admit that, uh, so hats off to you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I think women's palates are, I mean, that's why some, you get some of the best master blenders in the world are women. Mm-hmm.
3: It's we have no batch goes through this distillery without Megan, Maya, our general manager and Christy, our sales director, having a sip of it. I mean, it's just it is it is uh, a a requirement uh, as part of the job that it passes muster, um, especially when we're blending casks together to make these batches.
2: Now, are they tasting the uh, the white whiskey coming off the still as well?
3: No, we we do that mostly. Uh, okay. Yep, on, on the distiller side, um, it's it's usually me, Kevin, and Adam. Kevin's our production manager. Adam's our uh, full time distiller back there. So,
0: but um, don't don't get me wrong. I will go up there, and if there's a stream of whiskey coming off the still, I'll go try it. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, she loves that. Well, Jim, what a fascinating uh, first half here, right? With a this this whiskey, I got to tell you, too. Hats off to you, the nose on it is is scrumptious i mean it makes you want to drink the whiskey uh, and then to have the palate match the nose like jim said uh, just beautiful you put it in a beautiful bottle um, i like the ram on there kind of that pool to um, colorado right is that is that where you got it from
3: It is. It's the state animal of Colorado, and it blows my mind with the number of breweries in the state, 500 plus at this point, uh, and distilleries over 100, that that we are the first ones to use the bighorn ram. I think it's a beautiful animal and really the symbol of the state.
1: Yeah, what a... I mean, the bottling... Uh, the whiskey, everything. I always say you can have the most beautiful bottle. Me and Jim have had this discussion a thousand times probably driving oh, yeah. down the bourbon road. Um, you can have the most beautiful bottle, the most beautiful label, the best marketing. Um, but if you don't have the best whiskey inside that bottle, then it sure. really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, it, You know, the whiskey consumer, they'll never buy it again if it tastes bad just because it's a beautiful yeah. bottle. Um, but hats off to you. What a great first half, Jim.
2: Absolutely. Well, we're going to keep sipping on what's in our glass here. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, you've got uh, something else for us to try, and we'll talk about what's going on, and what's kind of down the road for Tall Nua.
1: Man, Jim, you know what I've really been enjoying lately?
2: Oh, you're going to tell me.
1: Some of that Seldom Seen Farms maple syrup that's been aged in bourbon barrels. It is absolutely delicious, not only in a cocktail,
2: but you can cook with it, right? You can. You absolutely can. Now, Mike, Kevin just sent me a new shipment, so I got a little bit more. And I've been making some beef jerky lately. Really? Yeah. Now I know you're the meat master. <laughs> but, but I I tried my hand at it. I said, "You know, I want to make some beef jerky." And I've got a pretty decent beef jerky recipe, and it's got a little bit of soy sauce, a little bit of Worcestershire, a little bit of, you know, onion powder, garlic powder, those kind of things. But I always put brown sugar in it. Well, this time Kevin sent me a bottle of his granulated maple sugar. Wow. And I decided that I was going to substitute the maple sugar for the brown sugar. Oh, game changer. Let me tell you. Total game changer. Total game changer. Some of the best beef jerky you've ever had. So I'm going to make another batch here in in about a week, and I'll be sure to get you some.
1: Man, that that sounds delicious. Vivian took, and we just got an air fryer like most people got these days, right? And uh, she took and soaked Fresh pineapple in that maple syrup and then put it in the air fryer and it kind of crisp up a little bit. Oh, sounds uh, good. It was just magically delicious. Um, and people probably wonder why we love it so much. Kevin competed in the Maple Festival uh, last year, 2021, and he was named Grand Champion. Uh, that's saying something.
2: So, Seldom Seen Farms, Grand Champion. Of the 2021 Maple Syrup Festival.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's that's saying something. Yeah. You're going up against some heavy hitters in maple syrup. And I know we're we're talking about just the syrup, but, um, you know, that's something to be proud of. Uh, Hats off to you, Kevin, for winning that. Kevin's also uh, competing in a couple other competitions. Make sure you check out his website. Check out his social media on Instagram and Facebook. You won't be uh, disappointed. If you want to buy something... From him, where can they go, Jim?
2: You can go to seldomseenmaple.com. And Kevin and his crew, they've got a great website, very easy to navigate. They've got all their products on there. You can buy their maple syrup by the bottle. You can buy it by the case. Uh, You can buy that sugar. Oh, my goodness, Mike. That stuff is so good. Uh, And they've got some other gift sets there, too. So you definitely want to check it out. Well, he's also
1: going to be in some distilleries pretty shortly here. Um, some distilleries from that I love and I know you love. He's gonna be down at Leapers Fork. Um, you can find his syrup down there aged in their barrels. Treaty Oak down in Dripping Springs, Texas. Um, I was just out there. His syrup's gonna be there. Awesome. Um, and at Garrison Brothers in Texas, if you think uh you love some maple syrup, make sure you go to Garrison Brothers and pick up a bottle from them also. Uh Kevin, appreciate it. Uh, I know he he loves people. You're supporting a local farmer, a local product, a small family. This is no factory place. that's putting out maple syrup, right, Jim? This is a good man doing good work. Yeah, gotta love it. Well, make sure you check out his site, like Jim said. seldomseenmaple.com. dot com. Pick up a bottle today.
2: All right, listeners. So we are back. We've got Patrick and Megan Miller on from Tall Nua Distillery and. Just outside of Denver, Colorado. In the first half, uh, we had their Virgin Oak single pot still whiskey, and uh, I have to say, Mike, I think we're both in agreement that that's a that's a definitely an add to the bar whiskey, right?
1: Yeah, I mean we're we're gonna have to fight over this one bottle, Jim. I think.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, we won't fight over it. I'll just go over <laughs> <and> drink great yours. <laughs> <laughs> it's just when uh, when we get when we get another bottle from them, the next one's mine. When that double pot still comes out, that can come my way.
1: Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about what's in our glass right now. What do you guys, you guys sent us some special stuff that's not out yet, right?
3: Um, uh, it, was, it was just released and it's now sold out. So we don't even have a sip to share with you today because we don't have any left at the, at the distillery. But what it is, is a very special dram. Uh, you are tasting the very first bottled and bond single pot still. Um, There has never been a distillery that has made uh, this style and this method uh, and achieved the bottled and bond status. So um, of all the bottled and bond, wheats, ryes, bourbons, uh, single malts even, uh, this is a kind of historical whiskey that is America's first bottled and bond single barrel, uh, single pot still whiskey. Oh, it's a single barrel too. Uh, it is yeah wow yep so this barrel was actually chosen by uh, uh our good friend proprietor of uh, irish whiskey fans of america stories and sips uh barry chandler um the barrel samples flew over to ireland the ancestral homeland of of our style uh and was selected by uh both barry chandler and fanon o'connor who literally wrote the book the first book ever about single pot still whiskey called a glass apart um and so it was really special to have this single barrel selection chosen um in Ireland by by um uh, two two pot still experts
2: now you're sold out of this release, but there's going to be more, right? I mean, there our, is. Listener, our listeners want to know there's going to be more.
3: You all just hang tight with us. I swear we are. We've mentioned early on in, in the first half, we are a baby distillery, right? We're, we're three and a half years old being open to the public. We opened on St. Patrick's Day of 2019, uh, and, and we started distilling in uh, January of 2018, right? So so we are still new um, but I am hoping to kind of uh, the way I see Talnua in the future talking about this in the second half is like the E.H. Taylor of single pot still where everything is bottled in bond. Uh, it'll be that 100 proof. Um, that is one of the, the requirements. I'm sure your listeners are are very well versed on bottled and bond and, and those those regulations of a single Grain from a single season, uh, single distiller at a single distillery, aged a minimum of four years uh, under Tax and Trade Bureau supervision um, and and bottled at uh, 50% uh, 100 proof uh, minimum. And so that is really kind of a, a, a special milestone to hit uh, and something that we want to do. in, in a lot of our whiskey lines, um, our core lines will all be um, this bottled in bond style here in the next couple of years. So
2: January of this year, your distillate reached four years of age, your
3: Correct. first distillate. So we're really drinking some of the first stuff you put up. You're drinking the very the very first cast that I ever filled when I was the only one here by myself every day. Megan still had a full time job in the in the oil field, uh, and I was making all all the whiskey uh, in our uh, uh, kind of five thousand square foot facility and uh, off of a handmade pot still. And now we have graduated and uh, have three beautiful stills, each with their own job—a wash still a faint still or intermediate still uh, and a spirit still. And so it's all triple distilled and, and batch driven.
2: Well, I feel honored to to drink from your first batch. And I'm really looking forward to it. Mike, what do you say? We raise the glass. Yeah. Cheers to, cheers to Tal Nua. slainte Sláinte. I'll
0: just add to that too. On the future releases, I'm really hoping for more single barrel options that are cast strength. That has been a, a request of mine for four years. So, <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: and you know, you the first one you tasted um, at eighty-six proof, right? Um, kind of that great entry-level proof for um, uh, whiskey drinkers that aren't necessarily those those high-proof preachers out there. Um, and but you know, when you're in the when you're in the whiskey world people really want to know what that's like coming out of that barrel. Uh, and 100 proof is a really great balance. I think the beautiful thing about that bottled in bond is it's proofing it down a little bit, but you're still getting a lot of that heat, a lot of the kind of the, the nice burn, that warmth that you get from, uh, from a higher proof whiskey. Um, but you can add a little bit of water to it, proof it down into the 90s, really open that up. Um, and and then we'll get our our whiskey warriors that that demand the cast strength. And I think uh, Megan will likely be the champion of, of that here at the distillery.
2: Well, let's talk about barrel entry proof here.
3: What what did this go into the barrel at? Almost everything at the distillery, except for our barrel aged gin, which we do have one of those, uh, goes in at one hundred and ten proof. Um, hundred respectable. Hmm. Yeah uh so here in the rockies we gain proof so it goes up we would it'll come uh i think the the very highest we've ever had is about 118 119 i think
0: that's what this bottled and bond came out it was like 118.2 yeah, like, or something
3: mm-hmm. and the longer it goes kind of that proof creeps up and up and up um at our our evaporation Ratio here uh, in Ireland to, to compare ourselves for your listeners, they're generally between 2 3% angel share a year. Up here in the Rockies at 6,000 feet, um, we're anywhere between 7 and 11% uh, evaporation. So we get a much higher rate of esterification that. Air comes into the barrel, um, esterifies the tannins uh, and lignins that make up the the barrel structure, that oak structure, give you all those vanillas and allspice and and the fruity nature to it. Um, and and so that happens at a much quicker rate here in Colorado because we're allowing that air, that oxygen and nitrogen into the barrels to start catalyzing that that reaction. Um, and so we get really rich notes here. Um, we found that at 110, it's a really good balance between esterification and aggressive proof extraction, especially for a barley-based whiskey, right? Different grains interact with the ester profiles and the tannins and lignins coming out of the casks in different ways. And so uh, for us at this altitude with 100% barley... Uh, that extraction is really great. It's really nuanced. It's not too aggressive, um, but it does go up in proof and kind of give it shoulders at the end of its casking life.
1: I'm telling you this right here. Uh, man, I'm so thankful that you guys let us try this right here. Um, Jim, it is like drinking a little bit of hot honey. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, really, it's really good. I mean, and if- when I say hot honey, I'm talking about was just a here in kentucky you can get honey that has a a spice with it um a little spicy honey and that's what i get with this um that's the best way to 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 describe it that viscosity this has jim at 100 proof Mm -hmm. um you guys are making some magic there um pretty damn special and that's that's coming from bourbon guys um yeah so
2: yeah it's really good it definitely tastes like a mature whiskey and, uh, and and I'm going to say from the numbers you spouted out a few minutes ago, 7%-ish in that range, uh, we're not going to see anything from you guys in the 10-year-old range. It's just there's nothing left in the barrel. So you're probably going to be done at 6,
3: right? Yep, uh, and, and the only option is climate control. Um, yeah. uh, the other, the other option that that has seen some success here in Colorado, uh, both at again, we keep bringing up yeah. Leopold's, mm-hmm. uh, but but also Peach Street uh, is both cellar aging uh, and or Dunnage style warehouse with earthen floors that allow the natural humidity from the soil to work like a greenhouse to keep a higher humidity that raises the barometric pressure, keeps more of that whiskey in the, in the barrel, right? Get that down to about 5% loss. Right. And so right, right around there, you can start to see really nice, rich, uh, um, 10 year olds.
0: um, There's actually just recently last couple of years have been at least two Colorado, 10 year old whiskeys, that have come out. Stranahan's had a 10 year old and peach street, street had I, a 10 year old No, for a fact. I yep.
3: And, and they're using climate control. Stranahan's uses climate control and peach street has They're they're up in wine country, up Palisade. So they've got some wine cellar aged. Um, they, it, I guess they're it's whiskey cellar aged. It's all uh whiskey, but um, subterranean uh, aging profile. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. We need somebody to age some barrels up on the top of Pike's Peak. That would be interesting.
3: <laughs> you have got about two years at Pike's Peak. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
1: that's it. That's that's all you got up there, right?
3: That's all you got, man. You got a puddle of molasses in the bottom <laughs> of the barrel. Uh. Sounds
0: like an expensive bottle of whiskey. <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: yeah, because it's 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 basically going through a season in twenty four hours, right? <laughs> yeah, effectively.
0: Yeah. Wow
1: well i gotta it's just like i said hats off on this bottled bond um i love that you're gonna try to go that route i love that um we got to taste it um you know it's always nice to you know jim and i get to drink about a thousand whiskeys a year um different expressions and amazing i would i gotta say this is right up there the top you know five ten percent from this year that's saying something we got to drink some pretty damn special bourbons and whiskeys this year jim
2: yeah we have we have and this oh, is really good and and i think primarily mike because well it, it's darn good whiskey to start with if you're a fan of pot still whiskeys and you haven't had a single pot still whiskey before you definitely want to sit down with a glass of this it's interesting it's good um this in particular being a bottled and bond at 100 proof i think it just brings that extra little punch that. uh Whiskey connoisseurs are going to
3: appreciate. Yes, and uh, it's 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 really good. Well, I'm honored. Thank you for the compliments, guys. It's it's amazing. You know, this is kind of goes back to this is some of the very first stuff we ever made. Uh, uh, on, a, on a handmade pot still. And so, you know, the distillate that's coming off of our new three beautiful stills is patently better than the original stuff. So uh, we have a very exciting future and I'm I'm really happy to get to share this with you guys. I mean, this is kind of a, 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 a once in a lifetime thing for us. I mean, you don't get a new category of whiskey that achieves bottled and bond every day. Um, and, you know, especially with this second half talk that we're uh, uh, in the midst of right now is this is a glimpse at the future. This is what uh, the direction that the distillery is is going uh, and and really exciting for us I, I can't tell you what a what a monumental achievement it was for us as young distillers and entrepreneurs to be creating this and having this expression out it's it's very meaningful for for us at the distillery so thank you all
1: you just got to keep Megan from drinking it. All right.
3: <laughs> that's it. It's a it's, uh, drinking all the profits. It's a Because What
1: you can't see listeners is Megan over here has been throwing the whiskey down. I've been, <laughs> I've been paying attention, Megan.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: she likes that. the bottle of bond. She said she liked it stronger. So that's, <laughs> Hey, that's, that's cool with us. I love it. Um, I love that you guys are, are whiskey nerds like us, right? Uh, you, you appreciate that good whiskey and you're honest, you know, you You're telling everybody, "Hey, this is what I'm putting in my whiskey. This is what it is." Uh, There's so much transparency here on this one bottle. Um, I'm just very thankful as a whiskey consumer that we get get all that from you. Um, And you told us what you like, and you even nerd out on these other brands and saying, "Man, we drank this, we drink that," and and we want to build our brand this way because of those. And that speaks a lot. It speaks volumes, right? that tells people who you are as, as owners that whiskey makers, you know, um, and I love that you're a family or a couple that's doing it together. That's that's pretty damn cool. Not that's too cool. many people in the business are doing it together
3: like that. It's it's pretty special. I mean, I, I we it's a, always a challenging thing to work all day together, go home and, you know, like separate that work-life balance. Um, I think we've done an extraordinary job of it here. And, you know, it's a, it's a dream. We're doing this for our people. Um, We're, we're building a distillery that uh, has uh, big aspirations for uh, what we can do to serve others, uh, uh, on our team and, and really provide meaningful, um, fun lives and, and work experiences for, for those who, who are with us. So, um, the mission runs deep here. It's a, it's a lifelong passion for us.
2: So I've got a, I've got a couple of a more geeky. I want to get, I want to geek out again, just a little bit. You've told us that you're doing a, a single pot, still whiskey. It's triple distilled. It's 50% malted barley, 50% unmalted barley. That's your core product. Mm -hmm. That's what you're focusing on. But we also know that those rules that you follow allow some variation there. So you're allowed to go down to as little as 30% on any one of those two components. You're allowed to introduce a third component up to 5%. You're also allowed to use barrels that have been used for other things before. So, what kind of other expressions? are in the works other things that are on your shelf now uh, sure. are available and uh, you know what what's kind of the future look like for various expressions coming out of tall
0: absolutely so our our core lineup our core four whiskies include that virgin oak um, we've also got a blend which is uh ha- um, about half of it is our american pot still whiskey the other half is an irish grain whiskey that we imported from the Cooley di- uh, distillery in ireland Um, So that's kind of our answer to like a Tullamore Dew or your Jameson drinker. It's a blend. Um, We've also got a Solera program with our Continuum Cask whiskey, uh, which is our whiskey aged in um, smaller oak barrels. And then we harvest those barrels into a fooder, a 350 gallon wooden vessel that it's a continuous cycle. It never empties at all. Um, so we bottle from it and after we bottle, we add more whiskey. So it's, it's, it's never completely empty. Um, and then, so then the virgin oak kind of falls in line next that you had. And then we've also got our bourbon cask and stave, which is, uh, again, our new make makeup, 50% malted, 50% unmalted barley aged for a minimum of three years in used bourbon barrels. And then we've taken a page out of wine's, um, book, if you will, uh, again, with, you know, the same as with the Solera system, um, we've used spiral staves of different Oak profiles so we can impart that Oak number that we want on, uh, or type of Oak that we want on, uh, that spirit. So it's, uh, that's a four core, core lineup. We also got our peated cask, which is our whiskey that we have finished in, um, peated barrels. So the only peat that you're getting is from directly from the barrel. We don't put peat into our mash tun or our stills at all. Um, so it's, a
2: whis- it's a whisper of peat.
0: Indeed. Yes. We call it like peat light or or <laughs> gateway <laughs> peat. <Pete. laughs> um, and then we've got two gins. We've got a clear gin and a barrel aged gin. Um, and then in the future. So every year on our anniversary, which again is, is March 17th, uh, we release our old saints keep. And it's a different finishing project every year. So uh, this last year, we won two gold medals for Old Saints Keep. And before anybody asks, we are sold out of that one for 2022 as well. Um, but we look forward to 2023 where we are doing um, Madeira casks.
3: Madeira and cognac casks. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then if, you're, if you really want to get into the future nature of what's happening here. You mentioned the mash bill side. One of the things I'm not sure if uh, your listeners are familiar with is that the Irish Irish whiskey technical file um, and Irish pot still whiskey is a geographically protected type of whiskey. Uh, just by having the the nature of Irish, it has to be made in ireland uh well as an american single pot still whiskey we're able to produce this style here by by really bringing the the american uh, again that terroir to it well the geographic nature of the protection uh reviews the history of styles of of Whiskies, um, and it was that way in in Champagne and in, in France uh, as well. To that's why it, it can only be called Champagne if it's from uh, the Champagne region of France. Well, that Irish whiskey technical file, as they kind of. Uncovered their own history over the last 10 years is now going to change to be a 30 30 30 mash bill. So, a minimum of that 30% malted barley, a minimum of 30% raw barley, and then up to 30% of oats, wheat, or rye. rye. So, we, rye. Yeah. so <laughs> we're gonna start uh, our own 30 30 30 mash bill uh, late this year, November, December. Uh, we'll start mashing that again. That'll be three, four years before that um, comes out. Um, uh, but that'll really be part of the core line as well so that people can see what these other grains really do in the style. So still 70% barley, um, but we will utilize that 30% to really showcase what oats do and what rye does and and how wheat changes the nuance of, of this style, because one of the goals of this distillery specifically is to make this one style of whiskey and showcase the diversity within the category
2: so did you hear that mike they said wheat. I, I did
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll i was trying, trying
1: to uh, i was trying not to get too damn excited about it because <laughs> um are you, I don't know if you guys advocate? did any your, your homework or not but my hashtag is Weedy King of Kentucky. <laughs> I have to have every wheat on the face of the earth. I have to have it. So, you know, you guys I, gonna have to ship that to us. You're gonna I have love to.
0: That. If if I'm drinking a bourbon, it's gonna be a weeded bourbon.
1: <laughs> if you came over to my house and seen my shelves and uh, my cabinets, you'd be like, this guy uh, loves a little bit of weeded bourbon, <laughs> just a little bit. And weeded whiskeys, it it yep. doesn't matter to me. Um, I just. It, there's a softness to it. There's the sweetness to it. I got that sweet tooth as a fat guy. So, you know, I want to taste that. It, it, it makes my beard grow better, I think. Um, I don't know. I don't. I really don't know why I love it so much. Uh, but Jim's the rye guy. I'm the weed guy. So you guys got something for both of us.
3: I got it. We got it coming down. And then we got oats thrown into that mix, which is just fun because there are so few oated whiskeys and it yeah. was something. Uh, especially as horse and cattle feed in, in, in the British Isles, uh, oats were an, always kind of an adjunct, right? It's where you get stout beers from as well as throwing that unmalted barley and oats in there and really having those kind of uh, uh, rich, creamy beers. I'm really excited to show people what these other grains do mixed with this malted unmalted sure. barley because up until this point no one in the world has had one unless you got your hands on stuff from the 40s 30 1930s um it hasn't been made since then so we're really torchbearers and pioneers of of this uh style of whiskey here in the united states uh and and globally we're right alongside our irish brothers and sisters um uh, who are making this right when we had that first sip in 2011 there were Three, four distilleries, maybe. Now there's 40, right? But they're all kind of where we are. You know, they all started between 2015 and and today and still have a long time uh, in Ireland. There's a three-year minimum uh for whiskey to be aged. So a lot of these distilleries have don't even have their own distillate out yet at this point. And so there's a whole world to uncover for your listeners that is happening right now in real time as a uh, the people who invented whiskey, the Irish, and I'll let the Scots fight it out oh uh, if they like. Um uh, but but as the the originators of this style that we all drink today that's taken on many forms um they're they're seeing their own renaissance and revival and so it's something we're very very proud of
1: well i think one lucky listener uh you guys gave us something uh, as a giveaway um and i think they're going to be shocked at what we got for a giveaway so what do we got for our listeners
0: we have a hat a t-shirt and your very own bottle of virgin oak whiskey.
1: And I'll, I'll add to that because we have one little sample. I think this is a two ounce bottle right here or an ounce and a half. Yeah, of 50, 50 mils. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to put that inside that package for you oh. so you can taste this bottle and bond. You're going to be one of those people on the face of the earth to get to try something simply amazing. Um, so let's talk about how you can win that giveaway, listeners. Uh, f- we're going to do this giveaway on facebook on our private facebook group the bourbon roadies you gotta be a member so that means you gotta be 21 um that means you gotta like bourbon or whiskey because everybody loves some whiskey uh you gotta agree to play nice because we don't tolerate any rudeness in that group um you gotta invite three people to that group which is pretty easy if listeners if if you got three friends out there that love whiskey with you. That's not part of our group. Invite them to that group, um, and then you got a tag um, hashtag um, Taluna uh, Distillery in there. So, um,
2: that's pr- that's let's, pretty let's, easy. Let's spell it out for everybody, just to be sure. T A L N U A. Pretty easy, right? Tall Nua. There you go. I still
1: I I still want to pronounce it wrong. <laughs> I don't know why it's that, that big old Texan in me wants to pronounce everything wrong. I got that, uh, that Southern accent going on. It just messes me up, but I think that's a great giveaway. You get a, a full bottle of their single pot steel, uh, virgin white oak. You get a small bottle of their bottled bonded, which nobody else has right now because it's sold out. You get a t-shirt and you get a hat from them. Um, inside the bourbon roadies we owe our roadies that um so patrick megan we can't thank you enough for uh helping us out with that giveaway um get more people drinking your whiskey right absolutely it's all about now we invite both of you to we invite both of you to join the bourbon roadies too um
0: absolutely
3: on our way
1: i'm sure they people would have questions um after this episode, they're going to have questions of you. Um, they're going to want to know all about your process. Uh, I know Jim's a happy man right now because we start talking about the science of whiskey, how to make whiskey. Uh, he enjoys that part. I enjoy drinking it. I, I love it. I
2: love it. I love both, but I really like the. I, I like to nerd out a little bit. So.
0: Well, I feel like this is my opportunity to defend myself about, you know, consuming on camera um, when this one talks so much about the nerdiness. I have to occupy myself somehow.
1: Yeah. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame in that and drinking your whiskey responsibly. Um, I love that you guys are drinking whiskey together. Um, You know that's that's a good thing. You get to go to work together, drink whiskey together, um, Mm -hmm. probably have some great conversations over the dinner table too uh, about whiskey. That's just that's just amazing.
3: It's wonderful being in this whiskey world. It's it's fun, and you know we love these things because uh, you know especially through twenty twenty there was rough times. You know we're we're now sitting in my brand new office. I just hung pictures up behind us today, the frames at least, and we're doing an eleven thousand square foot uh, renovation and expansion, and so we'll be able to get this whiskey out to people. Right, that's that's the goal, and and connecting with communities and. Telling Telling our story and listening to other people's stories is part of what we fell in love with with whiskey that that led to the creation of Tallnua. And so, being able to do this with y'all and and having this us on uh, really means a lot as a as a young distillery and and so we very much appreciate you and your your community that you guys have built.
2: Well, we'd like to give you a chance to uh, let our listeners know where they can find you on the internet on social media. Driving up and taking a tour, whatever it takes. How do people find out more about Talnua?
0: Yeah, so uh, talnua.com. Um, we are, I think, Talnua Distillery on Instagram and Facebook, and Talnua Distilled on uh, Twitter. And I'm pretty sure we just entered the TikTok game recently. I don't know what that handle yeah, is. You're but... going to get to
3: see a lot more of this beautiful face dan- <laughs> doing some dances. Yeah, there you go. Um, and what
2: about? The distillery itself. Is it oh, open to the public?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, we have a wonderful cocktail lounge. Our beverage director and our bartenders have done an amazing job reading um, really unique cocktails using only our products. So at, actually, like in um, Colorado, our tasting is we're not allowed to have any other alcohol that we do not make and manufacture at the distillery. So, we got to get really creative. So, uh, they have a lot of really cool and delicious cocktails. Um, we are open six days a week, uh, Tuesday through Sunday. You can find our hours online or on Google. They're always accurate. Uh, and yeah, you yeah, can we buy,
3: buy bottles. Buy bottles,
0: guided tours. We do guided tours that you have to, um, guided tastings, I'm sorry, that you have to book in advance. But
3: you can do that on our website.
0: And those are really fun with Maya, uh, our general manager.
3: Yeah. Uh, Our tour program will really pick up uh, early next year as we complete the renovation and expansion here. We'll have a tour-specific staging room. We'll do those multiple times a week.
1: We can't thank you both enough that uh, you came on the Bourbon Road podcast, tell your story, shared your whiskey with us, shared it with one lucky listener that's going with us. Jim, I forgot to tell everybody what time we're going to choose this right here, right?
2: So, oh, so you're gonna you're gonna make a post in the roadies, right? Yeah, <laughs> and then they got to watch out for that post and comment in that post, right?
1: Yeah, they got to comment. So we're gonna say at ten o'clock. Um, we'll go ahead and do that ten o'clock mountain time. Uh, because Ooh. these guys right here are over there mountain time
2: <laughs> gonna make um, everybody do some math <laughs>
1: yep yep 10 o'clock mountain time i'm gonna post i'm gonna stay up late for that uh, we'll decide who's gonna um win that roadies we really need you to share that love um share this story out there so
2: we'd appreciate it so let me get this right just so i understand they need to uh, invite three people who aren't roadies to become roadies. Yep. Yep. They need to come into the post that you're going to put in the bourbon roadies and they need to make post a comment in there and they need to hashtag tall Right. Yeah. Heck and yeah. Then, of course we want to see all that conversation going on with uh, the new members and, and the people that they have voted in. So
1: I, I think this is a, a Great giveaway for the roadies, uh, you know, and uh, we got these great guests right here. Uh, Husband and wife team uh, drinking whiskey together, sharing their story, sharing their love of whiskey with us. Once again, thank you guys. Uh, Listeners, you know where you can find us at. You can find us at on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, YouTube. Like we've talked about, the main place is on um, Facebook at the Bourbon Roadies. Uh, We'd love to see you in there as a member.
2: Yeah, so we do two shows every single week. We do a short episode every Monday where we focus on a single expression out of a distillery that's doing it right. Primarily craft distilleries, but sometimes we'll have a big boy on. That show usually lasts about 15 or 20 minutes. We get right to the point. we we'll let you know whether or not that's something you should add to your bar or not. Every Wednesday, we do a full-length episode like today with our friends Patrick and Megan from Tall Nua. We'll get into a deep discussion. We'll... Uh, We'll focus on a topic. We'll have more than one expression. We'll make a full hour out of it. We'll get you to work and get you home on that drive. You definitely want to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And Mike, what do they have to do to make sure that they don't?
1: Well, listeners, you know what I'm going to say. Scroll on up top of that app. Hit that check sign, that plus sign, that subscribe sign, whatever you got to hit. So that app's going to tell you, hey, these two jokers have an episode out today. Um, Then you're going to want to scroll on down. You're going to want to hit that five-star review because that's how we are right there. We are the five-star bourbon podcast. Go ahead and hit that five-star. Leave us some comments. We'd really appreciate it. But if you don't, you know what's about us happen, the big bad booty daddy of bourbon's going to come over to your house with us, Talnoa single pot steel whiskey. We're going to drink it all night long. By the end of the night, you'll have that big old smile on your face. grinning From ear to ear, you'll leave us that five-star review and some comments. I guarantee. But seriously, uh, those comments, those reviews, they open up to distilleries like Talnoa for us. Uh, get great guests on our show like Patrick and Megan here. Um we, get great whiskey in our hands for reviews we'd really appreciate it
2: so mike and i are often out and about this is the season you're going to see us all over the place you're going to see us at events you're going to see us at uh, liquor stores you're going to see us traveling around the country doing podcasts when you do make sure you step up to us introduce yourself let us know a little bit about your whiskey journey we'd love to meet you we'd love to shake your hand we're pretty approachable guys aren't we mike
1: Heck yeah, we got two major events coming up here this weekend and uh, two weekends away. The first uh, event, if you don't have your tickets, it might be too late, Uh, but we're going to be at the Kentucky Bourbon Festival, the 15th through the 18th. We might not be down there every day, but um, I'm uh, quite the large man. You can see me and I'll have this little uh, shorter guy next to me. with some gray silver hair, you come find us. <laughs> uh, we might have something in our bag for you. And then we're going to be at Bourbon on the Banks on October 1st in Frankfort, Kentucky. We'll have the Bourbon Road Lounge there. Heck, I'll have some of this Talanoa, um whiskey with us there. You can sample on that. We'll have several other expressions. Come hang out in the Bourbon Road Lounge. Um, you don't want to miss that bourbononthebanks.org is that's where you want to go buy your tickets for right now. Come hang out with us, come buy some t-shirts. you know um, we'd really like
2: to meet you. So like I mentioned before, Mike and I are pretty approachable and we put our email addresses right out there for you and our website. So hop on our website the hit that contact us page. send us a note, send us a message. If you've got an idea for a bottle you think ought to be on the show or a distillery that needs highlighted, uh, we're definitely open to it. You can always send us an email. I'm Jim at the bourbon road.com. He's Mike at the bourbon Like we always say, probably the best way, slip into those DMs on Instagram. I'm Jay Shannon 63. I'm Big Bourbon Chief. I will see you down the bourbon road. <laughs>